Welcome to Behind the Flag podcast. We want to thank our sponsor, Get It Right Enterprises. Get It Right offers great training software to learn football rules. They can be located at www.getitrighttraining.com. Bob Arnone is the owner and founder of Get It Right and has truly provided some great football training to the New Mexico Officials Association. My name is Dennis Barella. I'm a Albuquerque High School football official working line of scrimmage, and I also just finished my first year of Division II last year at the line of scrimmage. Co-host Ken Adent. He is a back judge out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and also has just completed his first year of Division II college football officiating. We want to thank your support, and we truly hope you enjoy our webinars that can be located at AFOA underscore ref dot com on YouTube and our podcast at Behind the Flag. All right, here we go. Five o'clock Tuesday evening, week number 10 of the Get It Right virtual course. Uh, this is 10 of 10. Last one. And the topic is uh, 2020 NFHS football rules changes. Uh, we're not going to go over, as I understand, all of them, but just maybe uh, the, the big ones that we should be aware of on the field. And we'll let uh, Bob uh, explain those. But um, as always, Bob, um, this is a 20, 30 minute webinar uh, just to get us in the rule book and start thinking football. Many of us uh, won't start until, well, everybody in New Mexico won't start until spring of 2021, but uh, you're kicking off on Thursday, like some other states. Um, but good luck on your season coming up Thursday night. I uh, wish I could be there. Wish I could be anywhere on the football field. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, a lot of us are jealous of, of those states that are calling. Um, Ken? Dennis, it's called football envy. And we definitely have that now. Um, yeah, we wish we were getting started. But anyway, uh, uh, Bob's website is www.getitrighttraining.com. Make sure you guys visit that. Look up his product, as always. Uh, Johnny on the spot with all the training for all around the country, especially with his software and virtual software coming up as well. Uh, Bob, it's all yours. Thank you. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, to kind of wrap this up, um, uh, you all were one of the few that, that I'm aware of that's been uh, doing these sorts of things. So, and I really commend you all for sticking with it, especially given the fact that, uh, you know, partway through this series, we found out that uh, you all were going to delay the start and all. So, uh, so, so good to go on that. Um, so it has helped me out a little bit in, in getting the visibility out that this is a way that uh, officials can get in their reps, uh, given that there weren't a whole lot of, you know, spring scrimmages and summer scrimmages and, and things like that, where we could get out there and, and practice as much as what the players were. So, yeah, even though we're kicking off Thursday night, it uh, has a lot of opportunity to, to be kind of sloppy. So hopefully the officials we get on the field will have their games up. Okay. So uh, we'll talk about uh, one of the new rules that we've got animated here. Uh, 
We always had the ability to uh, take that direct snap from the snapper and spike the ball to the ground. Uh, so that was considered legal as an exception to the illegal forward pass rule. Um, yeah, if you could just pull what, that up, pull that rule up again and read it. Okay. So it's 7 2 5, but there's an exception to it. Uh, so it's legal to conserve time by intentionally throwing the ball forward, forward to the ground immediately after receiving a direct hand to hand snap uh, or receiving the, the snap from directly behind the snapper. Uh, so this is the one that shows the direct hand to hand snap, which is what everybody's used to. And then the new rule allows it to happen uh, with a player in position directly behind the snapper. Quick question. What if that QB muffs the snap and it touches the ground and then he picks it back up? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. Because that I was uh, looking at that uh, just before we uh, – we, we came on, uh, that was something that uh, when I made these animations, that's when the rule originally came out. Uh, but now in the rule book, it says that uh, uh, the ball must have neither been muffed nor touched the ground. So if, if either of those two things happen, uh, that quarterback muffing it or the ball hitting the ground on the way there, uh, he can't uh, spike that ball that way. So that'll be an illegal forward pass. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, I got that highlighted in my rule book, and it's definitely something I'm going to have to add into the program. So, you know, good catch there, Ken. That, that's absolutely right on that exception. And what's uh, the, what's the mean, penalty enforcement for that? That is uh, five yards loss of down or ten yards loss of down. I mean. Illegal forward pass. Yeah, five yards, loss it down. Is that uh, from the previous spot or from the spot of where the foul occurred? The uh, from where he did it, the enforcement spots the end of the run. Okay, so it's right there where he did it. Okay, so he it would go five yards back from say say he spiked it at the thirty five. We'll go back to the 30 and instead of being second down, be third down. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. The other one I'm going to talk about tonight, I'm going to show it here in forward progress. And that's any time that the, uh, if we're calling a, a timeout because of an injured defensive player or a defensive player that has an equipment issue, uh, rather than setting the play clock to 25 seconds, uh, what we'll have this year is uh, a 40-second play clock on that. So there's the runner that's running into that uh, defender, knocking that defender's helmet off. Play remains live. Uh, so once we get uh, that 
defensive player off the field. The uh, We'll set that play clock to 40 seconds and give the ready for play. Say that again. I lost you. Okay. Before this year, so we have a defensive player whose helmet came off. Uh, if if that if his helmet did not come off, and then that runner got tackled, we would have automatically set that uh, play clock to forty seconds. Now, what's happening this year? Well, let me stick with with last year. Last year, what would have happened is since that helmet came off of this defensive player, when that when that play ends, uh, we would have stopped the clock. We would have had that defensive player go off the field for one play. But since the clock was stopped by the official, we would have then just set the clock, the play clock to 25 seconds and then uh, give the ready for play and uh, and then move on. Um, what this presented was an opportunity for the defense then to, uh, you know, save another 15 seconds on, on the play here. So, so what if we were at the end of the game and the offense has the ball inside the five-yard line going out and, uh, you know, maybe it's third down right now or something like that uh, with only, you know, 30 seconds left in the game. Uh, what that could have done here was uh, the defense being able to stop the clock, put 25 seconds on, and forcing that uh, offense to to run a play on fourth down uh, uh, and maybe give them a chance to uh, score and, and win the game or do something like that. Um, so now what happens is if, we, if we're stopping the clock because a defensive player is injured, or in this case, he has an equipment issue. We're only we're going to set the play clock at forty seconds. Uh, so in that scenario, I was just trying to make up in my mind. Uh, the offense could just let the clock run out and win the game. Uh, they wouldn't have to punt the ball to the defense or try to do something to eat up that time uh, where the defense unintentionally would have gotten gotten the advantage. Did I explain that okay? You got it? You got it that time. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Good to go. Um, okay. From a from an animation uh, perspective, uh, that's all I've got here right now. I mean, we've got uh, defining who's the designated representative for penalty decisions, uh, halftime intermission if there's a weather delay, um, we're going to set the 25-second play clock uh, regardless of which team is awarded a new series after a legal kick. And the disconcerting act uh, is moved from a 15-yard to a 5-yard foul. Uh, so I really didn't uh, see a need to try to animate those at, at this time. Uh, 
we can talk about any of those rules if you all want. Uh, otherwise, if uh, for those that might not be familiar with the program, uh, we'll kind of show the mechanics here and understand that uh, just like a, a lot of other places, uh, for any number of reasons, maybe limited in crew size because of the number of officials you got uh, or don't have, uh, or sometimes the schools just aren't willing to uh, or don't have the, the funds uh, to pay for officials. So, um, so what we can do is, is take whatever crew size we want, and we range from seven all the way down to three. Uh, we show these vision cones as a way to uh, indicate where the official should be looking and what his field of focus ought to be, and that determines how wide we've got those uh, vision cones. These green markers, uh, I've gotten various uh, mechanics manuals from, from different states, uh, so we included those in here, pick the position that you're interested in. Uh, so we have those from the mechanics manual, best practices, and, and things like that. Uh, and then when you hit play, uh, this one is goal line going in. So as the runner is proceeding off to the right side over towards the linesman side of the field, we'll use words like he's the covering official and he needs to have a tighter field of view. And if you're trying to explain that to a new official, they may not necessarily understand what you're talking about. Here we get to show how all the officials can, can go ahead and cover that play uh, and not have the official watch the game. With this being in a 3D mode, we can click on that official, and now we can see what it looks like from his view of the field. We have that spotlight effect that puts that halo around there uh, so that it kind of gets into their mind how they need to focus as that runner is uh, coming towards their side of the field. And we also have a third-person view, so you can stand behind that official and see how he covers that play. That runner was short. He's going in to, to sell it, and he was raising his hand so that we can get that 40-second play clock started. A lot of times uh, when we're doing group training, uh, we tend to use bird's eye view. You can then compare that as you're going from a four-man crew to a five-man crew or any other sizes, you can go ahead and walk through those uh, to show what the differences are. And what's the, the second part of this um, training software or equipment that you offer with the, the goggles? Yeah. So um, so you the way that I'm kind of uh, putting this whole thing together, you would wind up using the, the Get It Right Mechanics piece to teach what the duties, responsibilities are, show them what it looks like, and uh, that uh, that becomes the first part of the the training that, that you wind up doing. So what I'm going to share right now is a video that uh, make sure I'm pulling up the right one. And just so you know. Um, Bob has offered to come to Albuquerque when and if we start our weekly association meetings in person. 
and to bring his equipment and um, train some of our future vets, um, whoever's interested in, in being put in the hot seat and be placed on the field right from um, our, tra- our meeting rooms. So I think that's great that uh, he's offered to come out here for, for a yeah, training, we, uh, training day. Um, but he could also put anybody else in there. Um, as far as I understand, he could put a, a veteran official in there, a referee, and actually explain to a new referee what he's looking at, what he's thinking, uh, his pre-snap routine, and uh, actually go through a series and, and teach a, an up-and-coming referee um, how to work a new position that he's never worked before. Is that correct, Bob? Yep. Okay, here we go. I think it's I think it's uh it's a great software for for us to take a look at as an association and as a state. So, but at at this point, does anybody have any questions about what we covered um the couple new rules um that he emanated uh spiking the ball in the shotgun, um you know, the helmet coming off defensive player anything like that anybody have anything to to add how, how we're gonna incorporate that into how the association or the state wants us to officiate that um i i do real quick if the helmet comes off via penalty describe what the scenario is at that point uh the depend the, the helmet came off because of like a face mask yeah, let's say it was uh, the runner grabbed the defensive back by the face mask and yanked yeah. his helmet off. Yeah, then, then in that case, uh, that that's not a an equipment issue. That that's a foul. Uh, so that defensive player stays out there. He's not going to sit out it down. And then we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, well, there's going to be two things that's going to happen. There is uh, uh, we'll mark off the penalty. And we could set the 25 second clock on there, uh, the play clock. But now, if we're within two minutes of the half, uh, the offended coach has the option of waiting until that ball is snapped, as opposed to uh, uh, starting that, starting the clock on the ready for the play. Right. And if it's not a foul, if it's just an equipment issue that it flew off during a tackle, uh, it's not a penalty. It's just a 40 second he comes out for one play and we set it at 40 seconds and we started on the ready correct yep well what i was getting at is there has to be some communication with the coach uh when they have an option like that right yeah yeah yeah. absolutely okay can you see this video no oh okay you have to share your screen yeah it's uh So is that 40-second, 25-second, um, did you guys implement that in your state this year, or did you implement it last year? Uh, the 40-second was uh, nationwide. Right. All, right. all Federation had that last year. Yep. So it was mandatory last year. I just wasn't sure if there was a grace period or if everybody was on the same page last year, because I know we started it last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, can you see that video now? Yeah. Okay, and let me know if there's sound on it. No sound. 
okay, then I need to do something here and in my share about getting that sound going. While you're doing that, could you talk about when you put on the, the goggles, the virtual reality goggles, what you're actually seeing through the lens? Um, yeah, that's what that's what I, I hope to show here. Um, anything on video on audio now? No. Okay, then I'll talk you all through that. Um, and I'll I'll give a link to the video in the uh, in the chat. Uh, so what? Uh, so what I'm talking about in the video is this was a drone footage of uh, one of our training sessions last year, and we've all kind of been there, right? We've got. All these back judges back here, you know, first and second year guys watching this guy be a back judge, the trainers over here, and we're trying to communicate to him his keys, his positioning, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we really don't know where this guy is looking. Uh, we don't know if these guys here in the back are paying attention to what's going on. We've got... Uh, a bunch of umpires down here that's watching what they should be doing as an umpire when they really should have been back here with this guy. Of course, there's no room to put him there. Uh, and then as soon as the play is over, you know, we're going to real quick switch these guys out so we can stay on schedule. And then we're going to get back into a classroom about an hour later and say, okay, well, what did we all learn out there? And they're trying to remember the plays that they ran and, what they thought they saw, we're trying to figure out what they're talking about, what we thought we saw, and even if we're talking about the same play or not. Um, and then we'll try to tell them what they should have been doing and not been doing. Um, let me bring it up some more. And then we get into we get into game film. Let's see how Soon this this happens here. Not happening quick enough. Okay. Um, so of course when we start dealing with huddle, you know, here we're trying to evaluate a, a seven man crew and from the uh, from the end zone shot, we only see three officials. And from a press box view, you know, maybe we're only going to see four. And while we're sitting in the stands trying to evaluate somebody, you know, we try to look to see where their hat is pointed, you know, or are they really pointing where they need to be and things like that. Um, and then, of course, when the when the play is over, um, you know, the huddle video that we got stops right there. Uh, so the next play that, that we see, they're already lined up in a formation uh, ready to snap the ball. So we miss out on things like dead ball officiating, uh, marking off penalties, any kind of administrative things we had to, uh, had to do. And unless somebody is out there intentionally filming the officials, we don't get that kind of stuff on huddle. So uh, you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't use huddle for training, 
but uh, it doesn't give us all the things that we need as officials. And that's what we're trying to do with the, with the virtual reality. So that takes us to here. Uh, that's my granddaughter that's got the goggles on. Uh, she's about to watch a, a punt. And how many times have we trained back judges and when they punt the ball, that uh, they, they watch the ball in the air. And then we try to talk to them at some point at halftime or any kind of break. And the guy argues with you, I wasn't watching the ball. Well, it, so now what we're looking at on the screen here is exactly what my granddaughter is looking at in the goggles. Uh, so she is virtually on the field. So as we run this play, I told her to go ahead and watch the ball. So there she goes. So, you know, we're going to have that official watching that punt. And I, I'll guarantee you, you're going to have that one that's looking at that ball. And we just need to tell them, you know, no, you, you don't do that. So the nice thing is we're not sitting in the stands just taking notes or trying to remember what to talk to them about when we get a chance. Now we're sitting in a classroom environment, uh, watching exactly what they're looking at and correcting them right there on the spot. So we had her go ahead and uh, uh, watch the ball, and then she's gonna watch it again. Uh, this time she's gonna do it the way that uh, she should. She's one of my testers for the VR virtual reality program. Uh, she works for cheap. I pay for I pay for tennis lessons. So so now what happens is uh, you know we say okay we watch them punt the ball and then immediately go to the uh, receivers. So now she can see that fair catch signal that she would have missed otherwise. So now with virtual reality, uh, we take it one step further. Uh, from what we have in the Get It Right program where you can see these animations. Because now you can actually move on the field, you can turn your head side to side and uh, change, change your perspective. Now we'll take it one step further here. Let me let this move up a little bit. Oh yeah, what we're doing now is, is if you're working on mechanics, uh, you can go ahead and position yourself wherever you need to be on the field uh, because if you're starting to change mechanics or you think you want to do something different, uh, the virtual reality would give you the opportunity to position yourself anywhere on the field, uh, see what that official would see before you, you start committing to how many yards behind the receivers you want to be or wherever you want to position that official on the field, and you can modify your written mechanics uh, using this to you know, as a tool to, to make that happen. Um, because the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, what's called mixed reality. So in virtual reality with the goggles, we see exactly what the official is looking at. Now we're going to go into mixed reality here. So now I've got my grandson doing this one. So we have the same eight scenarios that we have in the mechanics program. You start off up in this bird's eye view. 
you point at the official that you want to be. You can change crew size. He's changing the crew size right now. You point at the official. He lights up, and then you become that official. So there's Jackson in the first-person view again. And what I'm going to have him do is let the formation form, and then he's going to hit pause. You hit M on the keyboard, and now you wind up in the, in the bird's-eye view in mixed reality. So as Jackson is turning his head back and forth, you see where that vision cone is moving. And we have a toggle on the controllers that when he starts moving all over the field, now we can also see where he is. So when we're back there trying to figure out our keys or something like that, if you're in the first-person view, it might look like he's looking on the strong side of the formation. But until you get up into this view here and you see all those red and blue dots that shows where the players are, uh, he might not be looking in the proper spot. So the mixed reality kind of puts everything in the context then. And, and what we're doing is uh, we're actually putting the players on the field too. So you, we're not just dealing with those dots out there. So there you can see where he was running. Uh, you know, he's 10 years old, so he overshot the goal line. But, uh, you know, it's he's doing what I pay him to do. And then when we go back into that first-person view, uh, we can see exactly what he's looking at. So that's what we're doing with the uh, with the virtual reality. Hey, Bob, um, is yep. it only a one-user um, device, right. or can you put five officials on at one time? Yeah, right, yeah, right now, uh, when, when we start uh, releasing this here by the end of the month, uh, it will just be a one-person-at-a-time kind of thing. Um, our next step is to go ahead and, and put multiple officials there. Uh, that That's going to do a couple of things for us. Uh, number one, that's going to force us into uh, doing this online. Uh, that's what the kids use when they play Fortnite. Uh, they're using streaming services. Uh, so we'll do the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, Right now, we've, we've got the Get It Right program where you download it so you don't have to have an internet connection. Uh, when we go to uh, virtual reality and start bringing in multiple officials, uh, that's going to put us into the online mode. Now, where that's also going to help is uh, I know the officials in Missouri, uh, they have uh, established crews, uh, the same members uh, all through the season. But some of these guys live like 50-some miles apart from each other. So it's hard for them to get together and talk about mechanics and things like that. Uh, now what they'll be able to do is uh, have their own set of goggles sitting in their own living room or wherever they are, and they can all watch the same play at the same time. Um, talking to my technical guys, I think we might be able to have that. And actually, we might be able to have that by the time you all start your season next year, uh, next spring. So, uh, uh, you know, there, there's some technical things that, that need to be done. But we're not creating new physics because, because again, that's what you know. That's what's happening in the gaming world right now for games like Fortnite and things like that, where uh, you have multiple users out there watching the same thing at the same time. So we'll just uh, adapt that uh, to the Get It Right program. Great, thank you. Does anybody have any questions before we run out of time? Um, we're at uh, thirty minutes right now, so. 
Here's your chance to ask any questions, anything that we've covered the last 10 weeks um, in the Get It Right course, which is a, the, a free course, which uh, we're very grateful that he spent so much time with us during this offseason and, and shown us a lot of uh, a lot of rules. Hey, Dennis, there's one, in, there's one in the chat room. You want to okay. read it? Yep. I have a theory, or do you mean philosophy? Why is spiking the ball to stop the clock allowed, but not chucking it past out of bounds? They're both examples of non-action with a ulterior motive. Why was the spike brought into the game anyway? Uh, well, it, it's it's a matter of time of flight. You know, if uh, uh, you can spike the ball and do that within a second or two, you're, you're going to throw the ball. Uh, maybe that's three seconds, four seconds, five. Uh, those couple extra seconds are going to make a difference. Uh, you know, the other thing we have to watch out for on something like that is uh, if there's not an eligible receiver in the area, you know, you could be chucking the ball out of bounds and we're going, well, well wait a minute, what are you doing? So, uh, you know, you could wind up with uh, an illegal pass in that regard and, and, and losing yardage. So the whole idea of spiking the ball is to do it quickly and uh, uh, it, it's just more of a recognized part of the game. I, that's that's me talking. I, I'm not referencing anything. I'll, I'll just leave that to folks who have been around longer than me. Right. Um, so, it, you know, it's been around ever since I've been officiating. So, right. You know, how it started, I, I don't know. And rules change. We see that rules change every year. We get rid of rules, we add rules. Yeah. And so, it's just the football gods, that's what they give us. Yep. And that's how, and that's what we need to enforce. So, again, Bob, we thank, we thank you for these 10 weeks, Bob. I really appreciate your time and, and I, I know a lot of guys got a lot out of this. Well, I, I, thank you. I, I, I'm glad you all did it. I mean, this helps me as well. Uh, not only for uh, getting exposure on the program, but I'm, I'm trying to get myself ready for the season as well. And, and we hope ours lasts longer than two weeks. So right. we'll see how it goes. And again, thank you. This is the end of uh, the summer um, webinar se uh, season. Um, we're going to take a break until Sometime the end of September, beginning of October, we're going to take about a month off or so. Just depends on how it goes, see what, what happens between now and then. And um, we'll send emails out when we're firing the system back up. And we have some topics already being put on the list to talk about, like the new mechanics book, the 2020, 2021, 2022 uh, New Mexico mechanics book. We want to start diving into that because that came out. We have that on, I have that on PDF, but uh, the NMOA's office has all the books to hand out. And we'll just continue. And uh, we have, I think we said between 10 to 12 webinars that we want to start up in the, in the winter to get ready for the spring. And if anybody has any topics they want us to talk about, get a hold of us and, um, or if you want to present, any training, the floor will be yours for an hour. And again, thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.